Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to Christ for Culture. We're looking forward to getting to know all of you guys and building a community. And so on this podcast, we're just going to be talking about real life topics. So we're going to be talking about relationship with God. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, anxiety, you know, just a plethora of things. So tune in. And also we filmed an introduction video. So you can actually pause this video right now and go look at yes. that. You get a full background on all of us, why we decided to start this, and then tune back into this one. Welcome to another edition of Christ for Culture. Hello, everybody. I'm your moderator, Kenton Owen III. Over here with the Indie Girls this time, I know a little switch, a little change up here. Um, with me again, Dawn, Shay, Micaiah. Also, excuse me, a little overdressed. That's my fault there. But uh, again, in Mizzou, we do different locations there. Kellen, Courtney, we're all here. Again, this is Christ for Culture. Today's episode, we're discussing finances. Again, wherever the management creation of your money, your coins, however you want to put it. We know that money tends to impact our day to day, whether it's paying for where we live, to buying groceries, to feed ourselves and our families, to our savings and setting us up for our future as we grow old. But when it comes to our finances, we know God wants us to approach them in his way while understanding the benefits and dangers that lie within it. So here are some scriptures that relate to finances, basically how the Lord takes care of our needs. And I'll be in the English standard version. We call that the, the ESV here. So Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 reads, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Kind of speaks a little also on tithing there, which we'll touch on a little later. Hebrews 13 and 5, it reads, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh-oh, love of money may be brought up later also. And in Matthew 6, starting at verses 30 to 33, Jesus says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And Matthew 6 really resonates with me because as I've learned how to walk with, with and seek after Christ, he's done a lot for me and my needs and my finances. We're going to kind of touch on our financial journeys, those who, who want to speak on it. But I'll touch it on mine first here. Before I was with the Lord, I was pretty broke, broke literally and spiritually. Very little wisdom, very little understanding in a lot of things. I also had very little responsibility as well, since I was living with my folks, had no bills. I didn't really understand the importance of one's finances and obviously didn't care to know and didn't care to know God either at the time how and how he would take care of all that, be able to take care of all of my needs. And quite honestly, he was taking care of me and my family, even though at the time I wasn't aware of it. As you kind of fast forward, as I'm getting you know saved, new in the Lord, I was learning more about how to handle my finances while kind of understanding what it meant to be a Christian, developing a relationship with God. I was steadily improving also in my careers and things of that nature. And I was still under the kind of the family umbrella, but slowly starting to eke out of that. And then you fast forward 
into the day here. My current walk in the Lord, I'm getting greater understanding now that I'm on my own, uh, no longer with my folks, uh, understanding more about paying bills, the responsibility I have as an adult. My walk with him has deepened. I have great faith that he has me every step of the way, regardless of what happens in my life. And I know folks have had different you know, stages they've experienced, not just those here, but also those who are watching and listening, you know, whether they were either born into good finances or you maybe had a good understanding of finances at a young age and so on. But I'm just really thankful that for me, my stages in financing basically replicated my walk with Christ. Mm. So he moved on my finances as I grew. And as I grew, I learned to trust him with my entire money situation. Even now, you know, things, you know, even as things kind of shape and, man and form even now today, you know, I just know that I have full trust in him that, again, he's taking care of my needs. He's going to take care of the finances as I continue to do the little that I need to do on my end here. So the things I've experienced financially now, I would have handled incredibly poorly when I was younger and starting out. So that obviously can also be applied in a spiritual walk in a spiritual manner as well. There's a, no way I could have handled what I'm handling now with the Lord. So I just wanted to ask the group here, uh, does anyone have any financial journeys you want to share here? Times when it was hard to trust the Lord with finances, times where he moved on your behalf, things like that. Floors open. I will say that um, in my journey with finances, um, I, I, I feel like it's just kind of been all over the place. Um, Courtney and I, when we first moved back from uh, Indiana, back to St. Louis, you know, we were staying with our parents. Um, I did have a full-time job at that time. Um, I was kind of similar to KO. I didn't have any like major bills. I mean, I had like a car note and, you know, I had started paying student loans and stuff like that, like, but no like major household bills. Um, so uh, the Lord blessed Courtney and I with the opportunity to um, purchase a home together. So when we moved out, um, it was a big learning lesson to be to like be a good steward of my finances and figure out how to manage like household mm -hmm. expenses. Um, so we were blessed in the fact that, you know, we had each other to depend on with that and figure it out together. Um, and also to share those um, costs together. Um, but I would also say that throughout that journey, um, tithing really also helped me to like create financial discipline. Also, um, it helped me to trust the Lord with my finances. So it's just like when you when you are intentional about giving 10% of your income to God um, and saying like, God, th this is what I typically say. Um, <laughs> I say, God, you you gave to me first. So like I'm giving you what you've asked me to give you back, you know, and that financial discipline um, has created a lot of um blessings in my life financially um i i truly do believe that the bible is true and when it says that you know if you stick with this that god will bless you um so it's it's definitely worth the commitment and the journey of um, trusting god in that way um especially like you know if you get like <laughs> like a decent size bag it's hard to be like oh that's a lot i gotta get back Ooh. <laughs> Um, so to to trust God in that way and to know that he's going to continue to like replace that ten to like tenfold um, has been an interesting journey for me. So that's good. All right. Well, Kellen did touch on a big factor here when it comes to tithing, you know, when it comes to finances, other things, when it comes to tithing, tithing refers to kind of, again, what Kellen kind of touched on giving 10 percent 
of your annual earnings, you know, productions, possessions. And yes, as Kevin said, this is in the Bible. It's been this way for quite some time. So some scriptures that kind of mention tithing, Leviticus 27th chapter 30 to 34, it reads, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it. And every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord. One shall not differentiate between good or bad, neither shall he make a substitute for it. If he does substitute for it, then both it and a substitute shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. Numbers 18, 25 to 26 reads, Moreover, you shall speak and say to the Levites, When you take from the people of Israel the tithe that I have given you from them, from your inheritance, then you should present a contribution from it to the Lord, a tithe of the tithe. And in Malachi, the third chapter, the third chapter it touches actually on the robbing of God. Uh, verses 7 through 12, it reads, From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with the curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So as you kind of hear and for today's aspect, you will be giving, you know, 10% of your earnings from your check basically to your local church, you know, the, the body that you go to. There's multiple points of tithing. You know, it's meant to support the ongoing work of God's people and supporting your church that you're a part of spiritually. And as you kind of heard the scriptures, as kind of Kellen kind of touched on, it's also mainly showing that we trust God with our lives. And as mentioned earlier, understanding he supplies all our needs, keeps us from falling. He's going to take care of all that, again, concerns us, all that deals in the realm of finances and things of that nature. But even knowing all this, why do you all think when money struggles occur, tithing is kind of like the first thing folks will throw away? That why do you guys think that is it, is it because it can be considered an easy cut or is there more to this? Why is tithing kind of like the first thing that folks kind of just abandon? I mean, I think because it's not it's not a bill that's going to get something shut off like mm -hmm. <laughs> well you can think of it as a bill not being with something not being shut off like if you don't pay your rent you, you're going to get evicted if you don't pay your car note they're going to take your car um i guess people would think well if i don't pay my tithes nothing's going to happen but the crazy thing is, is when you don't pay your tithes and i i've experienced this too if i've um had a situation come up and i just don't pay my or if i just forget to pay it it's like it almost feels like my money is is shortened or something mm -hmm. or like I don't have enough. But if I do pay my tithes, knowing that I may not have enough, somehow it just works out. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's crazy, but I, I don't know how God makes that work, but he does. <laughs> Supernatural, huh? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, was gonna say, I think people are like, oh, you can go show here, Court. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, um, like, to the point, like, supernatural and, like, you're thinking about bills and, um, you know, when you're going through a hard time, it's so much easier to focus on, like, or 
I wouldn't say it's easier, but it's more natural to focus on like the circumstances at hand, like the reality that you're living in. So it can be easy to disregard or not think about the Lord or God or how he will actually help you in this circumstance if you trust him. Mm -hmm. Um, It just it can be difficult when you're in the midst of something and it's consuming you. And so you're focused and like zeroed in on, oh, I need to pay this bill, this bill. How am I going to be able to pay this? This is this, this. It just can become like all consuming, mm-hmm. like in your mind and your world. So I think that's also like a part of something that is to be taken into account of when people don't tithe because they're feeling the pressure, you know, financially. Um, they kind of, I feel like it's a tactic of the enemy to, you know, like kind of lure your mind away from the Lord, um, and to just focusing you in on, you know, like just, oh yeah, this is very, very bad. So you need to make sure that you're, you know, um, taking care of this or, you know, stressing about this, or, you know, they said that it's going to get cut off, you know, at this moment. Um, but I've definitely learned like what Makai was saying, like, you know, in past years when, I like was really stretched thin and I was just like, oh Lord, like, you know, like tithing, you know, it's just like, ooh, I don't know if I have, I don't know if I have, like the Holy Spirit kept pressing upon me. It's just like, Courtney, do you trust me or do you not? Have I not carried you to this moment, like to this moment through these moments or have I not? So, so it's like when you step out on faith and you continue to tithe in those toast, in those tough moments, you realize it's like, oh, wait a second, Lord, you are sovereign over all. You do have control over everything. You have blessed me with what I have so far. And you want to continue to do that. But you need me to trust you and to have faith that you are Lord over my life, Lord over my finances. These things don't have control over me. You have control over all. So preaching sis you preaching you preaching that was good yeah. say it louder for the people in the back my lord <laughs> um well i was gonna say how do i follow up after courtney said that <laughs> you're already preaching sis you preaching yeah, go ahead um, i was just gonna say that i think um people just don't they see the the monetary value but they don't they don't think about like their health because sometimes how the Lord repays you is not necessarily monetarily. Mm. He pays you with good health or, you know, other spiritual blessings that you can't necessarily spend with money, but we're here another day, you know? Mm. So I think people forget or don't think about it when it's, when it comes to finances, they're just thinking money, 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 money. If I, you know, like Makai said, giving to the church is not going to, benefit me give you know paying my tithes is not going to benefit me monetarily so i'm not going to do it but if people think well i'm paying my tithes because i'm depositing into the future of my spiritual wealth mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah. that was such a good point shay about um like your spiritual health and um, like it being a benefit spiritually. And also like, if you like take like the the zoom out also, it's just like, you're helping the body of Christ to continue to do the work of the Lord, like for the kingdom in this, in this earth, you know? It's like tithing is not just about like 
focusing on your own blessings or like things that the Lord will do for you. It's just like you're doing work for the kingdom. Like you're you're giving to be able to, you know, continue to help move the work of God in this world so that it can so the gospel can reach, you know, as many people as it can. And, you know, like the church needs, they need to pay their bills too. They need, you know, like they need to um, continue to give to different missions and, you know, a plethora of plethora of things, you know? So it's just like, you're, I mean, you giving to the church is not just about your own blessings as well. It's just like, why are you a Christian in the first place? You know, we're here to advance God's kingdom on this earth. And so you not giving to the church, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't add up. <laughs> your purpose to be being on this earth i also just wanted to add on to what shay said and in terms of like i guess god like covering you it's just like it's a protection it's like god literally says in his word like this is Mm. protection Mm. over you like if you if you do this act like it's protection So it's like, why would you not want that covering? Why would you not want that? Like you're exposing yourself when you don't do it. (laughs) Good point. If God tells you to do something, (laughs) it's for purpose. Just do it. Like if it says pay 10% of your earnings, it's there for a reason. (laughs) Mm Period. Oh, I like that because again, in hearing you guys talk. It's also kind of, it seems like, you know, people just have some type of trouble just giving that, that again, whether it's to the church, but they just have a lot of trouble giving. It sometimes feels selfish. Like I will, I'll tell myself every now and then, you know, I'm just like, you know, I, I mean, I would rather, or I would like to, you know, I was like, man, Lord, I could put, I could probably put, put it somewhere else. But again, it's that, that whether it's Holy Spirit, something is like, oh, really, you'd rather put your money and there's something that has really no rhyme or reason for anything instead of, again, benefiting the church that you're with. And also, again, it's to me. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it all of it, it feels like, a you know, sometimes like a test. It's, it's a test in its own way. It's like, will you, again, like Shay said, it's in the Bible. It's there. I've, he said it numerous times. Will you trust him? Mm-hmm. And will you go through, regardless of what might be happening around you, again, maybe a bill, yada, yada, but will you trust in him to just be able to to give that little because again he always comes through i've had a lot of interesting things where you can only say it's the lord i've had i've had a lot i believe we probably all have had these these situations where it's like where did this come from where this dollar and sometimes as shay said also it's sometimes it's not monetarily it can come back in a variety of ways you know spiritually and again when you see you're helping not just a church but you might come like helping somebody else through it too again that blesses you Right. It blesses you in a variety of spiritual ways, not just monetarily. So to me, I don't know if how you guys see it too, but it does feel like it's a test. Like as if, and if you're able to pass it and routinely pass it, growth will come. Hmm. Like Lord will allow you to grow, not just monetarily, but spiritually. I don't know how you guys see that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it deepens your relationship mm-hmm. with God as well. Mm-hmm. It definitely deepens your relationship. I mean, you're literally having to depend on. It's like you're telling me to do this action that's difficult. You know, in the years of me tithing, I still have months where I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, sometimes you it, yeah. it's a struggle. I'm like, well, maybe I could just give five cents this month because I need to do this. 
But like K.O. said, it's like it's stretching your faith. It's just like, no, God's still going to make a way for this to happen, you know, t- mm-hmm. times 10. Like, he's still going to make a way for it to happen. Right. So <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, going kind of off of that, when it comes, I know tithing might seem strange to those who are maybe, you know, newer to the faith or not really in it. But how does the culture kind of not just view tithing, but just view money in general? Like, generally, how do we see our generations? you know, treat finances versus maybe even generations in the past with treating finances. Like in my, you know, how I've seen things, I feel like older generations, they kind of seem to know the importance of a dollar, you know, back in the day, how, you know, how to stretch it, how to make it work. You know, obviously different economic, socioeconomic means and circumstances from back then. But the mentality was that, you know, it had, it seemed better to be in in, a, in the past, in my opinion, you all may think differently there, but I, I just think for our generation, how how they go about it you you know you've heard about this you know hustle culture things like that where it's like the idea one should always be working hard to kind of achieve success always trying to look for that dollar always trying to look for that opportunity you know when somebody where's you know one quote or meme you know while you're sleeping you know someone's out here awake grinding 3 a.m 4 a.m 5 a.m but that kind of in my opinion it can seem it can be poisonous you just heard earlier about you know love of money things of that nature and it feels like this generation, and again, I'm not trying to say maybe younger generations as well, but again, for our generation, it just seems that we're so focused on money that it blinds us spiritually and literally to everything else. And when you look back again at other generations and things like that, it just seemed like, and also again, if you look in the past too, more when you're more and more focused on the, on Christ and the church and things, you may you have a different understanding. But we can also know a lot of people aren't even close with Christ. And again, that's why they get stuck in this, this mindset. So I don't know how you guys maybe view the uh, generation or generations past, but how, how do you guys see it? How do you guys see a, a generation right now? Where do you think their minds are when it comes to finances and things? Um, so I think, I think a major problem is that there's so much more access now. Like if I want, you know, some from like, I want to buy a dress there's websites I can buy a dress from, you know, I'm not going to name specific <laughs> sites, but <laughs> and it, it can get here the next day. So I feel like back in the day, like there wasn't as much like access to like, you know, mm-hmm. things. I mean, you could, you could get almost mm-hmm. anything online and it's just, it's so instant. <laughs> so I feel like that also makes it difficult because you have social media showing you like you mm-hmm. need this, like you need this item. And then you have a lot of access mm. to get it. So it's like, I think that's what drives it is we, oh, but then you have people trying to keep up with the image mm. of what people yeah. have online. So it's like, you have all, like, you have these factors that like build up to like love, like yeah. you need money because you need things. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really is, good. That is good. And going off that though, so there we have these images people want to keep up and so much access to stuff but i think a difference now than with our generation than past generations is that folks ain't got no work ethic they want Mm. this stuff but they won't work for it and somebody i'm sorry if i'm a little naive or my age showing a little bit but 
Somebody got to tell me how that works. <laughs> like, see, I feel like this generation is so into the the get rich quick schemes, make a quick dollar. We lost the value of a working hard. Mm-hmm. I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday about this, Shay, about the process and how it seems like, at least like from what I've seen, just my our opinions, but um. <laughs> but it seems like a lot of our generation, they see the end of someone or, you know, they see them at their like level of success, you know, what they admire, what they look up to, like that's where I want to be. But they don't understand or have a grasp of the process or the willingness or the discipline to go through the process or understand the process of what it took for them to get there. It's like it took a lot of work behind the scenes in order for them to get where they are now. And also, you also only see a slight picture of what a person is anyway, Mm -hmm. um, what they're putting, what they decide to show. But let's say that someone is like highly successful in their field. They had to do a lot of work, a lot of, you know, a lot of hustling, a lot of long nights, a lot of, you know, a lot of studying, a lot of mentorship, um, you know, uh, it took time, you know, right. it took time. Right. Nothing is just is instant. And there's a reason that it takes time because if the Lord just handed us stuff over, you know, right. we would nine times out of 10, it would fail in like five seconds. Right. Right. <laughs> Because we haven't been able to um, like learn the tools and um, have the equipment to sustain or to help us like get to the place where we can sustain where the Lord actually wants to wants to bring us to. He wants to teach us certain things. He wants us also, I'm sure, you know, to learn that, you know, he's our strength going through it as well. And um, just a whole a whole variety of things. But it's just like learning to to love the process and learning that you have to go through a process (laughs) to get somewhere. You got to work hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. See, working hard, patience, patience, patience. (laughs) And I mean, with that too, like what you were saying about the the hustle culture Mm -hmm. is um, there's so many different extremes, but then you have the people that don't stop working. Right. And because all they think about is money, all they all all their worth and their purpose isn't money. Right. And then at that point, where is the purpose in your actual life? Hmm. Like, where's your purpose in your your home life? Where's the purpose in your community? Like they might just sign off on some checks and stuff. But do they ever see your face? Hmm. Do they think you do they know you actually care? Is it just a check that you're writing? And so it's just like there's so many different extremes with it. Like we're talking about the ones that don't want to work, the ones that think that work is life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they work mm-hmm. to live, they um, live to work instead of working to live type of thing. And it's like, they don't understand the value in living in the moment because they're always hustling. And I think that's, um, that's a prevalent narrative that's out now, the hustle culture. Um, and then they almost look down on people mm-hmm. that want to leave work at 5 p.m. and go work out or go on a walk mm-hmm. or go have dinner with their family. Mm-hmm why aren't you why aren't you working because i have a life outside of work that's why 
I have to mm. take care of my mental health. That's why <laughs> I want to foster my personal relationships. That's why it's not all about working. Now, having side hustles and doing things on the side that you enjoy doing is different, but um, it's just, there's so many different ways I think you can go down this conversation, but I think that that is becoming a prevalent struggle that we see in the culture. And to Shay's point, like, you know, with people that don't want to work, you got a lot of people hustling, doing things that takes longer to reach a certain financial goal instead of doing certain traditional things <laughs> to reach a financial goal. Instead of using the wisdom to do the traditional way along with the side hustles, they just, and I'm not shading anybody, but they want to do 10 different pyramid schemes. And they're out, you know, <laughs> in the mall. And I'm not being shady, but at that point, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> I totally agree with you, though. I, I think a lot of it has to do with part of it. I think part of it has to do with how certain people grew up. Because you've got some people that grew up kind of like in poverty mm-hmm. and maybe even had like parents who worked a lot, like, mm-hmm. I mean, two, three mm-hmm. jobs, and they still didn't really see a whole lot of fruit with it. Like mm-hmm. they didn't see their parents bringing home the the new shoes and the new clothes every two weeks that they got paid and stuff like that. So I think they, on top of what Kellen was saying with the social media, everything's thrown in your face. Mm-hmm. So you feel like I need this, I need that. This mm-hmm. is what, you know, all the people are wearing. This is what I got to get. I need this car. So they're working, they're either they're either either overworking themselves to get those things or they're looking for those get rich quick quick schemes or those pyramid schemes because they see the people at the top of the pyramid that have all this money and listening to what they say, oh, I can get all this stuff that I see on social media quickly. So it's mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with kind of how people are brought up. Yeah, I feel like because there there are so many different sides to this conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so yeah. many avenues we can go down. Um, I do agree with Micaiah um, what you were saying. It it really is like how you how you're brought up affects a lot of your view on money and how you handle money um, and things like that. And one thing that I feel like is um, not good with um, our society and um, like teaching wise, they, I mean, I know growing up for me in school, finances were not taught <laughs> mm-hmm. really. It's like something that maybe is like brushed over, mm-hmm. but you know, you're kind of like set on this trajectory of, okay, you're gonna go to high school and then you're gonna go to college and you're gonna do all this and you're just kind of thrown into it all. but you don't have the understanding of what actually what it actually means to to manage money to budget money to invest you know to do different things like that and you're going if you end up going to college then nine times out of ten you're going to take out student loans you're going to take out debt and so now you're starting life as an adult in huge amounts of debt with no knowledge of how to even manage the money that that you that you have had in college that you know you have when you get your job like in corporate america whatever you do and so you're kind of like starting off in a deficit 
Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have social media, you know, taken into, into, you know, cause you're young, you want to have fun. You want to, you know, hang out with your friends. You do like want to have, you know, like nice clothes or, you know, whatever, stay on trend or whatever. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> and so, um, so it could be easy to get wrapped up and wrapped up into that. And then you're just like spending money, spending money, spending money, taking out credit cards, like what, you know, like maxing out your credit cards or whatever it is because you don't have the tools or the knowledge to do better. You don't know how to do better. And you might have the desire. I feel like a lot of people have the desire to want to do better with their finances right. mm -hmm. and to get to a certain place, but they, they don't have those around them, you know, who are wanting to also do better and know how to do better with their finances too. So it can be like a catch 22 mm -hmm. in those situations. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, I I think I think a a big issue now is it's like the the self gratification. Mm -hmm. You know, I find I listen. I'm guilty <laughs> too. But... All of us. <laughs> all of us. All of us. I got all issues. Of us. Yeah. It's like I had a bad day, so yeah. I deserve this. Or you know, instead of turning to God, it's like you're self soothing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're self soothing. <laughs> You're self-soothing and it's it's easy to fall into because like I said, it's it's easy to access things. There's so much oh, so many things you yes. can soothe yourself with. Which is so many I used to shop the coke. Dicey my issue. Yes, Lord. I said I used to shop the coke. It was yeah, a coping exactly. mechanism. Same. Yeah. Take me Same. to the mall. Yes. Let me pull up Amazon. <laughs> Expedite that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Food oh, and food. clothes. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> and travel. People people going on trips that they can't afford. It's like, you know, it's like it's like mm -hmm. it's a real it thing. <laughs> it is. It's hard. It's a very prevalent <laughs> mindset out here. But before we get into kind of how we shift the culture maybe an understanding again that we have riches in heaven. Just wanted to read that uh that scripture, first Timothy six and ten. It just says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we'll be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin. And destruction, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So, again, kind of touching in on the mindset here, if we kind of also go back to Matthew 6, again, this time will be in uh, verses 19 through 24. It just says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If in the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So 1 Timothy 6 and 10, as read earlier now, Matthew 6, it 
God's really laying it on hard here. You to have you to have people understand where he wants us to stand in, where he wants the people to be in. He can't, you know, and again, Matthew 6, Jesus can't be more clear there. Yet the world, again, as we've been touching on, has obviously steered away. So as we kind of conclude things here, how are we, uh, how do we shift this mindset in the culture into understanding what Jesus has said? Or do you think people do understand what has been said here? They do understand how they should go about it, but they just don't care. What do you guys think? I don't think they understand. I Mm. think they, first of all, I think people get that scripture confused because I hear a lot of people say um, money is the root of all evil. Money's not the root of all evil. That's not what the word says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And there's a lot of scriptures where it talks about God telling people to go and sell all their possessions and come follow him. And, you know, there's some people in the Bible that like had so much trouble with getting rid of all their possessions Mm -hmm. because they had a love of their possessions more than they had a love of God. So I think that's kind of where that, where that goes in. Yeah, I agree. So I I was, um, so when I hear the love of money, I think of greed or greediness and the things that like can come from it. And so I I wanted to look up what greed means and it says an intense or selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, or food. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, it's the greed is like more, the desire to have more of something, more of something than is necessary or fair. And so I think that when you love money that way and you allow, I think that results in greed and that results in selfish ambition and that results in doing anything at all costs. And then that results to making it an idol Mm -hmm. and it's no longer for the good of others, but the good of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I think that another avenue of that with what you were saying there is um, they didn't want to give up their possessions for God in that instance. And I think the reason why God says certain things like it's hard for a wealthy man to enter the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. is because they don't put their faith in God. They put their faith in money. Mm-hmm. They don't put their trust in God. They put their trust in money. Mm-hmm. And without faith, you can't please God. Yeah. Right. And without faith and without full trust and dependent dependability on God, you're not making it into heaven. So I think that's where it's like that choice. But I think the biggest opposition God will ever really face in different things is is money because people put their trust and their their faith in what money can do for them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Great point. Isn't there um, like a comparison in scripture um, where it talks about um, how difficult it is for a wealthy person to make it into heaven, mm-hmm. they compare it to like something with the eye of the needle or something. Mm-hmm. The camel, it, I think. Okay. A yeah. camel going through the eye of a needle. Mm-hmm. Like that's how difficult it is for a rich man to get into heaven because they put so much faith and trust in their possessions and in their money than they do in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when you have money in this earth, you can do a lot of things, mm-hmm. a lot of things. So it can make you feel like, a king in your world, you know, or a queen in your world or in this world. So you can mm-hmm. be very influential. It can be very easy, I'm sure, to get wrapped up in it. Because I think, why do you need God? Yeah. yeah. I can make everything happen for myself. Make mm-hmm. everything happen for my family, you know. I can make things happen in this world. Mm-hmm. 
I think also going back to social media, I think, you know, when you're in your walk with the Lord, who's sorry, I thought I was going <laughs> to sneeze. Uh, <laughs> when you're in your walk with the Lord, I think it's important to not pay so much attention to what you see on social media. I think people sort of like start to idolize, you know, like the images that are pushed to, you know, like people our age, younger, you know, stuff like that. And I think that can kind of create, well, not kind of, it cre- it has created a culture, like we said before, of just like feeling like you need all these things, which leads to like the love of money, because clearly money gets you those things. Yeah. So it's like you have mm-hmm. to take, like, take your eyes off of that, take your eyes off of what the world is doing and put your eyes on like what Christ wants, wants you to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, like this. You're, you're putting your focus on the wrong thing. Like you're, I'm trying to like get my thoughts together, but <laughs> it's like you're, it's like you're, you're so wrapped up in like what other people are doing. And it's like keeping up with that when God is trying to show you, yeah, God is trying to show you like, this is what I want for mm-hmm. you. It's like, it, it, and it could be so much more what you're seeing here. Because a lot of times, a lot of what you see on social media is not even real. You know what I mean? Like you don't know like people's story or like how they even get the things that they get. Like so, so. Um, That's so, a yeah. good point though, because you see a lot of people on social media like flashing their money and like flashing all the stuff that they got, and you know they could be broke, literally. Like, <laughs> and it happens. It's a real thing. It blows my mind when I see people posting stacks of money on social media, like they're real. <laughs> Did you get your tax check? <laughs> you just never know. Like you said, you never know somebody's story. So to compare yourself to what somebody else has, or even like you're trying to compare yourself to what somebody, and I think somebody might have mentioned this, but like comparing yourself to what someone else has, but you don't know what they went through to get that. Mm-hmm. You over here trying to get rich quick, but you don't know this, the process that they went to that they went through to get what they have today. You know, they, yeah, right. Like they might've started from the bottom and worked their way up and it might've took years for them to get to that point. Like you just see their fruit now, but you don't see what they went through to get that. Right. I feel like something else that can be difficult for people in our generation. I mean, this is for anybody I feel too, but uh, specifically about our generation. It's just like, you also have to be willing, like to be able to grow and move. Like if you are surrounding yourself with people who, you know, are not helping you grow or like get to a better place or all they want to do is just like frivolously spend their money, you know, and just do things, you know, and kind of like continue to live like paycheck by paycheck or just, you know, like live in like a poverty mindset. It's like you have to be willing to separate yourself in a lot of circumstances, you know, in order for you to get to the next level, in order for you to grow, in order for God to be able to grow in your finances and um and your life and to help you move forward you know which is which can be very difficult especially if they're like people that you've known since like high school or college or even family you know or you know close friends you know but if you are constantly being like dragged down and maybe you don't have like the self-control or the discipline to, you know, like stand strong, your convictions, you may need to like distance, you know, um, for a while or stop, you know, a relationship if God's, you know, leading you that way. 
so that you can, you know, get to the next level and continue on your process to where God wants you to be. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's really good. Great point. So, uh, well, we've come to another close here. Again, good stuff, good sharing from everyone here. We thank you all for, again, tuning in, listening in. Thank you for constantly, again, showing of uh, showing up and, and tuning in. We hope, again, everyone's being blessed here. Stay tuned for an ending prayer. We just want to, again, pray things out, make sure that we can all leave and have the Lord, again, give us that understanding and knowledge that, again, how to approach these things, how to not fall into these traps and in in the like here. So, again, for Kellen, and Courtney, Micaiah, Dawn, Shay, I'm Ken. Thank you for tuning in again. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for waiting to the end of this episode. I'm going to close this out in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all you've done for each and every one of us, oh Lord, and everybody that's listening in on this podcast with us, oh God. And I just ask for a special blessing and a special grace for each and every one of us that are trying to make strides and move in our finances, oh Lord. I just ask that you lead and guide us, oh Lord, and order our footsteps, oh God. I ask that you help us not to lean to our own understanding, oh Lord, but that we do seek you in all of our ways, oh God, because you will make our path straight, oh Lord. So help us to trust you, help us to lean into you, help us to depend on you regarding our finances, oh God, and we just expect to see you move like only you know how to move. Give us the grace, oh God, to continue to seek after you, oh Lord, with our whole heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in to our C4C episode. We pray you've enjoyed what you've heard. We would also like to stay connected with you guys. Please like, subscribe, and follow us on our social media pages. God bless. See you next time.